This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Thursday, March the 3rd, 2016. Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Happy Thursday as March Madness continues to roll on. Uh, already a lot of things happening in the marketplace. Uh, gold's up another, what is it here, it's $14 right now, $1,256. Uh, super big day. A close over $1,250 in gold today really sets it up to make that run to to, to $1,400. We'll talk about that. We had the Dallas Fed governor out today begging for no rate hikes. We had Bill Gross come out today warning about banking stocks. We had three or four different economic reports. We had first-time jobless claims, which came in a little hotter. We had ISM non-manufacturing, which came in a little colder. Uh, We also had some revisions to some December data. Uh, Productivity was bad, but not as bad as it was before. But most of that increase was because they found out that we made a little less than they had thought in the previous quarter. Uh, We'll go over all of those reports as well. And then we're going to talk about what really drives Wall Street. And today we're going to find out how few the number of companies that really matter are. And talking about earnings who has them, and how the vast majority of the companies that comprise the S&P 500 contribute almost nothing. And it's just a fascinating article, and it was in the USA Today. We're going to talk about that as well this morning, and and then kind of try to speculate as to what's going to be happening as we approach the Federal Reserve's meeting here in the month of March, their uh, second meeting this year. We had no rate hike in the first meeting. Most people anticipate no rate hike again in this meeting, and there was not one, not two, not three, but four different Fed governors who've been out in the last week or so, all saying, don't expect a whole lot. William Dudley who was from the is from the New York Federal Reserve. He was the one who earlier this week, when the Dow had their big up 300-point day, he was over there in China. As China devalued their currency, Japan sold bonds at a negative rate for the first time, and they were all together, had a nice little huddle, unleashed the plunge protection team. He said no rate hikes. James Bullard, he's the St. Louis Federal Reserve Chairman, very powerful. 
when when you look at where the power is in the Federal Reserve system, banking system, the New York Fed obviously very very important because that's Wall Street. The St. Louis guy that that's where a lot of the data crunching occurs for the central banker. So so Bullard, a very important figure. He he was out saying, let's put them off. Uh, then uh, Charles Evans. He's the Chicago Fed chairman. And, of course, Chicago, you have the bond markets there. Uh, you have uh, most of the manufacturing, which used to be in the Rust Belt there. He wasn't even in favor of a rate hike in December. More or less any more rate hikes now. And then this morning they were joined by Robert Kaplan, who is the head of the Dallas Federal Reserve, and if you don't think oil's having an effect, the Wall Street Journal this morning, trouble in Texas, the collapse in oil prices has slowed drilling in West Texas and has rippled through the economies of Midland and Odessa, retail sales down 19%, auto purchases down 27%. Hotel tax receipts down 27%. Value of building permits down 53%. Residential real estate sales down 30%. Average home prices only down 5 Apparently they forgot to put the 3 in front of the 5 uh, And that got Robert Kaplan out saying, maybe we should rethink and show patience. When it comes to raising interest rates, all of that's got gold bubbling. Uh, a lot of technical charts and, and, and patterns emerging in the gold trade. Uh, we had the cross pattern. Uh, get, that was achieved yesterday. That's where your 50-day moves ahead of your 200-day moving averages. We had the what they call the golden triangle pattern form. And that is a pattern that signifies uh, the ending of a downtrend and the launching of an uptrend pattern. Uh, both of those occurring at the same time. And then today, uh, gold, it looks like, at least for right now anyway, gold's up 1440, uh, 1256.20. A close above $1,250 would be the new high close of the year. Uh, and then really we'll set our sights on the the 2015 high, which was back in January of 2015, uh, that's that 1295 level. And of course, you know we've I've I've been pounding this, trying to pound it home to everybody all year long. Close above 1300, it's going to 1400. Close above 1400, it's going to 1500. And it's starting to shape up. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll free number 800 951 Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Reiterating today, uh, gold could see. $1,550 here 
in 2016. And there's really, it's not magic. It's pretty simple when you really think about how Wall Street and commodities actually trade. I'll give you uh, several examples. Crude oil. $35 is going to be critically important. If we don't see a close above 35 as crude oil has been on a on a tear, if you will, it's been rising uh, despite the glut of supply, then we're going to see pullback. And there's all kinds of little chart stuff. The same things I was talking about with gold, the cross, the triangle, the moving averages, and all these things. Because most of the stuff today, it's all computers. And all these algorithms, and once... Once this criteria is met, then do this. If this criteria is met, then do that. And and it works on the other side. If this criteria isn't met, then do this. And if this isn't met, then do that. And there's really not a whole lot of, of human interaction in any of those things. And when we sit here and we look at, at the gold market, you know, one of the things that that really you have to factor in is, you know, gold went all the way down to 1,050, started the year at 1,060. I had said most of 2015 that 1,080 was going to be the bottom. Uh, I missed it by 30 bucks. But there was that 1,050 level. And, and hindsight being 2020, that should have been the number I had said. Because when you look at the run in gold, go all the way back uh, to 99, the Bank of England selling all of its gold. Gold goes down to $253. And it starts, starts its run. Right? We just finished 20 years of extreme debt compilation and piling on uh, started with Reaganomics and all the way through to uh, the fleecing of Social Security and the trillions of dollars uh, that they stole from all of us to use to to hide how bad things were. The P.E. ratios on Wall Street. Right? You used to pay if a stock made a dollar for the whole entire year made a dollar. Its earnings per share was a dollar. You'd pay eight dollars for that stock. It seems outrageous. You know, and the funny thing is, is they they make you feel like eight dollars is the is the fair price. You're actually paying at least in the early eighties. You're paying eight times that today. The average stock trades at almost 18 times earnings. So so, uh, just one of those things where, again, it's just the expansion of the debt that allows for these things to happen. And as we've seen the economy struggle with the debt, we've seen the stock market struggle with these with these debt levels, 
we saw gold start running. Right? It went from $250 to 500 Then it went back to 350 From 350 it went to 700 From 700 it went back into the fours. From the fours, it ran to 1050 Conversely, from 1050 it went to 7 and then from 7 to 19 So it just makes sense. The 19 goes back to the 1050 you know, and you see the, the patterns emerging, right? 250 to almost 5.4 and change. Back down. Then it goes through to 700, goes back into the force. Then it breaks 700, goes to 1,050, goes back to 700. From 700, it goes to 1,900. Goes back to the 1,050. And I'll point this out. It works the same, or it's supposed to work the same for all of it. Because it's really all algorithms anyway. So far, the one place it hasn't happened, back to the lows of the stock market, the 6700s, there's going to be a retest. It hasn't happened yet, and you know what? We're not going to be out of this thing until it does. But when we start looking at the gold market, and I broke this all down for you about a month ago, when we had gold fall from 1900 to the 1050, we had nine trading days just nine that that accounted for two-thirds of the fall you know you had almost six hundred dollars in gold in nine days three of those days were hundred dollar declines the last the third one was thirteen hundred and ninety five dollars to $1,295. And this is the first target. This is the target we're coming up on. And this is why I'm telling you, you know, here's my thought. In two weeks from day, we don't get the rate hike. All these little things, and, and believe me, things are much worse in, in China in Europe, especially Europe, there's so many problems there in their banking system, and now you got England threatening to leave the Eurozone altogether. The issues that are going on in Japan, and then forget about all the, the Russia and Brazil and all these other economies that were the emerging markets. You, you get a clo- that close above 1300 because I'm, I'm giving, a, you know, that's a cycle. Like 1295 is what we're looking at, but really, let's call it 1300. All the computers are going to fire off. Because that's the next thing. Oh, if this is achieved, remember, if we achieve this, then do this. And if gold achieves a close of 1300, all the computers will be bye, 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 because there's no resistance. 
all the way up to $1,395, and there'll be some back and forth in there. But you'll see these big, big days, and we've already seen it in the first little over 90 days this year. And then the next, the second of the falls occurred really from 1550 down to that 1395. We had a $50 draw, $40 drop, and then a $100 drop over a course of a couple of days. But that's where Bank of America Merrill Lynch gets their $1,550 target. Because if we get a close above that 1395 and let's call it 1400 all the computers fire off and you run up to that 1550 the, the the first one that occurred or the last one on the way back actually doesn't occur until uh 1600 and that one takes you above 1700 and actually uh there was a three-day period it went from 1780 uh all the way down to 1600 so those were the, 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 the three periods that we're up against. So we're just coming to the first one. And so today was just another one of those very important levels that you have to get through to get there. Uh, one of the things that led gold there was Challenger Gray in Christmas. By the way, first time jobless claims. Uh, was up 8,000, uh, just under 280,000 people lined up at the unemployment line for the very first time last week. In the next segment, we're going to talk about what tomorrow's jobs numbers may be. But according to Challenger Gray and Christmas, they track the mass layoff announcements. So by law, companies that are laying off more than 50 people need to notify the government. And then Challenger Gray and Christmas, they they track all of those and they give you the data for the month. For the month of February, 61,599 mass layoff jobs for the month of February were reported. That was 22% higher than February of 2015. And when you combine January 75,000, the January and February combined layoff announcements are 32% higher than in the first two months of 2015. And that almost, in stark contrast to the jobs report number that has come out, right, this 200,000 number. According to Challenger Gray and Christmas, layoffs are up 32%. The first two months of this year, when I was watching the idiot box this morning, they had a guest on, and, and, I, and I forget if it was, uh, it was either on Bloomberg or CNBC, but one of the things that he noted in the, the employment data was the number of people that were what we call one-person LLCs. And these one-person LLCs, surprisingly, 
were working or consulting, essentially. Now they had become consultants. They were working for a company. And then they turned around, formed an LLC, and now are working as an independent contractor for the same company. And they're counting this as a job. And really what they what the guest had speculated was the companies are setting these things up with a with certain numbers of employees to get out of the health care penalties in Obamacare. Now I don't know how big it is, but this guy made it seem like up to ten to to twenty percent of all these jobs that they're saying are being created were really the, the person doing the same exact job they were doing last year, but now doing it as an independent contractor so the company could save money on health care. So it's one of those things, once again, where the numbers are so, they don't make the sense, they don't fit into the box. And this could be another one of those unintended consequences of the Health Care Act that have really led to these numbers being skewed. But I just thought that was interesting because Challenger Gray and Christmas says layoffs are rising. And yet the job market isn't really showing that layoffs are rising. We'll see if that's what the, that may be the next shoe to, to fall here in, in this push. And remember what I've been telling you, the jobs data, that's, the, that, that's a lagging indicator. Right when the economy slows down, the last place it reaches is the actual employment numbers. We're going to talk about Wall Street and what are the 28 companies that really make up the whole thing. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. Our toll-free number 800. Nine five one zero five nine two, and as we were talking before the break, uh, today's USA Today in the money section, they said just six percent of the S and P five hundred stocks make up fifty percent of all the profits, and how do they come to? S&P targets. You remember at the beginning of the year, they were talking 22, 23, 2400 on the S&P. And what that equates to, you know, if you're talking, let's say, 2400 on the S&P 500. Right now, the S&P 500, as a case in point, it's 1979. It's been uh, as low as, what, about 18 and a quarter? And it's been as high as 2000 little over 2,000. But you take the, the, the number, and today, 1979, and if you divided it by 18, because that's what the P-E ratios are, that would actually mean that the 500 companies that make up the S&P, at the end of the year, if you totaled up all the profits of all 500 companies, it would equate to, let's just call it $110. $109.94. So round it up, 110 bucks. And if you bought the, uh, you know, 
the S&P today at $1,980. Would you feel like that was a good buy? You know, if a company made $110, but they said you got to pay us $1,980 for the share, that's what you're getting on Wall Street. But only of the 500 companies, only 28 of them, it's all you need, make up more than 50% of this $110. The biggest one, one company, Apple. Apple makes up 6.7%. And they are by far in a way, uh, the biggest. Number two, J.P. Morgan. Once again, should any financial institution be this important? But there it is. Brookshire Hathaway, our good friend Warren Buffett. We've been talking about him this week. How many people that got laid off after the, the, the Kraft-Heinz merger think he's the oracle? Right, really, let's call them what they are, too, financial institutions. They're not, but they should be. They're treated as such. Next on the list, one of the companies he owns a lot of, Wells Fargo. Then Gilead Science, Verizon, then another financial institution, Citigroup. Then Google, then Exxon, and then Bank of America. So just let's see, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The ten most powerful companies in the S and P five hundred. Four are the banks, the big banks. This is the type of control and power they have, and this is why, you know, you, you see why the bankers bailed themselves out. You know, anybody that put a system together would say that's, that's lunacy to have that type of power that could jeopardize the entire system. And this is what they were supposedly going to save us. This is where our tax dollars were. This is why we bailed them out. We're going to fix it. By the way, the rest of the companies on the 28th, Johnson & Johnson, Walmart, AT&T, oh, IBM, who announced layoffs again today, Intel, Microsoft, Cisco, General Motors, Oracle, Walt Disney, Procter & Gamble, Comcast, Dow Chemical, American Airlines, United Technology, Ford, Coke, and United Continental. According to the USA Today, the other 462 stocks that make up the S&P 500 probably aren't even worth talking about. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. When you think about it, of course, really all the big money, though, and I'll throw Walmart and Johnson and Johnson. That's where all the big, you know, once you get through the first twelve, then it really starts to taper off. I mean, Apple's at 
fifty, almost fifty-four billion. When you get down to Ford and Coke, uh, they're at seven billion. You know, United Technologies, uh, United Continental, American Airlines, even Dow Chemical, seven point seven billion. You know, you, J.P. Morgan's at twenty-four billion. Even the smallest bank that's on there, uh, Bank of America, sixteen billion. So really, that's where all the weight is. So when you sit there and you hear me talk about how much trouble we're in when it comes to what's happening in China, why it's so important, there is a reason William Dudley was there this week. Because if those Chinese banks fall, four of the most important companies and the S&P 500 are going to have trouble. Japan, negative rates and all the troubles there. Then you look at the Eurozone and how bad and how much trouble these banks really are in. It's not in the headlines. I mean, I guess the one great thing about the presidential election is they don't get to talk about these things and how much trouble those banks are in. And, of course, they're in trouble because of debt. And they want to tell you, don't worry, because we we beefed up our banks. And really, here's how they beefed it up. I mean, this is, this is not what you thought. But the beefing up these big, too big to fail banks was the Federal Reserve, along with the help from Congress and Dodd-Frank, just said this is how how much debt and what type of the debt you need to hold. So if you've got a trillion dollar portfolio, X amount of that debt needs to be in what we say is tier one debt or what we say is really good debt. What they say is really good debt, we'll talk about what that really is and then we'll talk about if that really good debt isn't really good debt, what happens? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. The fate of Wall Street rests in the hands of just 28 companies, according to the USA Today, and really when I look at it, it, you know, you can probably narrow that list and say, you know, the top 10 are super, super critical. Four of those, the too big to fail banks, yeah, they, they didn't fix anything. And of course, you know, the shift into profits into the hands of a shrinking group of companies not only is it a danger for investors, because now we're relying on even fewer companies to deliver, uh, to keep markets rising, and it's just not there. I mean, I wish it was different, but the breadth of this market is not very good, and it's dangerous, and it's super risky. But this is what they've created. This is what the central banks created. 
And so now we're reliant upon just a handful of companies. And then you start looking at these. You know, I have no idea about Apple. I don't. I wish they built stuff here. That's what I know. But it looks like they're still a hugely profitable company, but it looks like it's, you know, plateauing. And and all of a sudden, you know, people with an iPhone 5, hey, I don't really need the iPhone 6. Maybe I'll wait for the 7 or the 8. And, of course, a lot of that having to do with now you got to pay for the phone first. Right, J.P. Morgan Chase, Brookshire, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, Bank of America, essentially are all the same thing. And then before the break, we were talking about debt and really what they regulated is how much of the debt that the bank needs to hold, their capital requirements as they called it. In other words, hey, if you're going to make these loans, you need to hold X amount of those loans. In other words, you can't sell all the bad loans to somebody else. you got to keep some on your books, right? That's kind of a way of trying to say, hey, this way they won't do that. They won't make bad loans if they're forced to keep them, right? Part of the problem that caused the last crisis, they were all selling all those mortgages that they knew were bad to the reinsurers. And then they said, in the loans that you're holding, they made three categories. The tier one category was the, hey, these are the types of loans that we are going to tell you are the safest. Right? Number one on that list, U.S. Treasuries. Part of the reason why rates are so low is a lot of people don't know this. Banks are forced to buy them. Also in there is municipalities. And we're starting to see now, matter of fact, there's an article in the Wall Street Journal today. People are making the argument that, hey, those should not be considered Tier 1. They're going bad. Right? Detroit was just the beginning. All of you that live in Illinois, you know what I'm talking about. And then they have Type 2, which is a little more risky. And then you have the Type 3, which is all the junk. Right, all your car leases, right? All the people with bad credit scores and all that stuff go into into that category. But these four stocks are so critical now to how Wall Street performs. And of course they were supposed to do better because rates were supposed to start rising. And it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And now any time there's a stumble, maybe it's in China, a stumble in Japan, a stumble in Europe, a stumble here at home, and we're all essentially predicated to the risk now. And so instead of fixing it, really what they've done, not only did they not fix it, they pulled the cruelest trick of all. They've made it even worse. 
because all of those banks, they're even bigger now. And now they're <laughs> they can't even dump it all. They can't even get insurance on it all because they're forced to hold so much of it. And now all this, like Japanese bonds, that's not an, a tier one bond. That's a negative holding bond. You know, and we see all the similarities that they come out, oh, things are better, and this is great, and that's great, while well, it's all blowing up. And so when you sit there and you start looking at what are the possible outcomes already, you look at stocks, boy, they look awfully pricey. And, and really, somehow, I don't know who decided. I mean, for 100-plus years, the P-E ratio was 8. I don't know who decided on 18, right? It went from 8, and then it was 12, and then it was 15 to 16. Now it's 18, 19, some of them are 20. And the whole time, and when you actually look at the profits from Wall Street, I did that article a few weeks ago, they're down 12%, the real ones. Right, the ones that are allowed under the accounting principles, not the phony ones that they give you on TV. And so this is why, you know, because it's funny, because you're sitting there and they're trying to say things aren't that bad here in America, yet gold put on $200. Final segment on a Thursday, 800 Nine five one zero five nine two. That is our toll-free number today. Today's special: U.S. ten-dollar gold pieces. These are the eighteen sixty-six to nineteen oh seven. Really nice material. I mean, VFXF quality material. One through nine at seven hundred ten or more. At six hundred and ninety, uh, which is going to put it well below a twenty-dollar gold piece this morning, and you're going to get better quality. Uh, just a another one of the great March Madness specials this week at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Supplies are limited, so this is uh, will only be offered through the phone. Uh, if you've never ordered, it's so simple. Just call our 800 number and just say, I want the special. That's all you have to say. I want the special. And we're just simply going to ask, how many would you like? One, five, ten, twenty, fifty, whatever that is. We're going to take your name and your address because we got to ship it to you. We're not going to try to talk you out of it, right? which is you know the bait and switch. We don't do that. We don't call you, we don't harass you, we don't pressure you, we don't do any of that stuff. We just sell you the best quality material, legal, lawful, constitutional tender in the most private way that we can. When you pay for it, then we ship it registered, insured, U.S. mail. That simple. There's no more phone calls. Right? We don't... We don't bother you. We don't do any of that stuff. In the last 10 years, we've sent out one mailer. I did, and that was me. One mailer. 
and that's all you get. But put some away, and just remember, from 1900 to 1050, nine days accounted for $600 of that drop. And now we're sitting ready to what? Go the other way now. Make sure you get in before one of those nine days comes. Because after that, everything what? It gets a, it gets a lot more expensive to buy. Uh, gold's at a, a really good technical place right now. Gold's up $15, Uh We're looking for a close above 1250 to set us up. Uh, silver's along for the ride. It's higher as well today, $15.17 uh, to the ounce this morning. Dow is, the Dow is down 60. The Nasdaq's down 23. The S&P is down 7. Crude oil got to 35.05. It didn't hold uh, right now at $34.70. Uh, looks like, I don't know, trying to, it's up six cents right now. Looks like it may be headed the other way here. That was a, a important number for crude oil. Uh, and then we'll see what tomorrow. Tomorrow we have what the government says is the number of jobs created based on the data from yesterday and today. I think they're calling for about 190. So nothing, nothing out of the ordinary there. Nothing too hot. Nothing too cold. We'll see what they say. That right now they're saying the unemployment rate, the the non-believable unemployment rate, is supposed to stay at 4.9 percent. Uh, we'll cover that. Plus, I think Eric's going to be in, so that's always fun. Uh, everybody, take care. Have a great Thursday.